Good morning. Happy uh, Easter Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Audio Podcast, episode 89 with the boys, Jason and Alex Von Kell. How are you this morning, Alex? I'm good. I've had a very, 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 very hectic week. Mm. I've got a shed full of cars. It was a very short week. I was away on the weekend. Would you say you've got a shed load of cars? I would say I've got a shed load of cars. And now I've just got to sell some because I'm running out of money. <laughs> Fair enough. I was supposed to get up early and pay bills this morning. Mm-hmm. And I slept in. Mm-hmm. So that's a tomorrow job. And I need, really need to sell stuff. Yeah, well, I guess, are you paying bills online? Yeah. Using transfer? Yeah. In like old banking terms? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's public holiday. You can pay for it any day <laughs> over this weekend. So we're recording from Good Friday. Um Happy Easter weekend to all of you. So whether you're whatever, race, creed, religion, whatever, uh, just enjoy the long weekend. If you're working, uh, it sucks to be you. So, um, I... Well, it's a, it's a different thing now. Like most car dealerships, they never open on Good Friday, mm. but most car dealerships would at least be open tomorrow. On Saturday. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and... Because you might be having... There might be people from interstate who are coming to kick tyres, yeah. and who's going to talk to them? But I had I did the ring around through the week, and nobody's opening. There's no stock to sell. There's nothing to sell. So when, everyone's got having a long when, weekend. When has that ever gotten in the way of a dealership opening before? Only now. Yeah, Only now. Oh, maybe, maybe changes are coming. Maybe things are shifting in the motor trade. Maybe. Uh, just a quick shout down to GoPro. Yeah. We had this grandiose idea of being able to slightly change the way that we edit mm-hmm. and basically encapsulate everything on one piece of software as opposed to the, the current amalgamation that Jason has to go through. Mm-hmm. And we spent, what, half an hour, 40 minutes yeah. trying to set up, got no closer. Your software sucks. Yep. Uh, why do you have to download two different pieces of software to... Like, why can't it all be in-house? Why does it not uh, fit on a standard laptop screen, the actual program that you can't resize? It's dumb. It sucks. It's always sucked. It sucked from when we first got them for go-karting. It sucked back then, and it still sucks now. They cost you a fortune. It mm-hmm. sucks. GoPro, you suck. Yeah. So, uh, shout you're, out to It's a camera. It's a, like, you're a camera. You just be better. No, but it's... it's a camera. Mm. It's nothing fancy mm-hmm. but a camera. Yeah. Be a camera. Mm. Why can't you let me con- connect the camera to the computer and use it as an input device? Cause Why? Because that, that would be too easy. You suck. <laughs> so yeah, that might be the next uh, upgrade we make to the podcast. Um, I want to share a bit of a funny story. Well, it might only be funny to me because I'm a parent and most parent, most non-parents don't really care about this stuff. But well, we'll find out. Alex shared with me a new TV show to watch this week called Old. Is it old enough? Is it isn't it called My First Errand? No, it's called Old Enough. Okay. And basically, it's a Japanese TV show, and it's so Japanese about sort of kids that are between the ages of like two and a half and four, who they say that they're old enough to then run an errand. So my first comment to you was like, "This is so Japanese because you're two years old. Go to work." Yeah. Um, but we watched the first episode the other day. They're like seven, eight minute episodes, really short, like really sweet. And in the first episode, this kid who's like two years and nine months old gets told to go to the store and buy three items. Yeah. It's like curry and a certain flavor of curry, flowers and something else. Yeah. And the store is a... Is it milk? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
and the store's a kilometre away from his house. So a kilometre. So he has to walk the whole way there. By himself. By himself. Find the items, purchase them using cash money, mm. and then walk all the way home. And so I'm watching it. And it's super cute. It is very cute. Yeah. And then I was thinking about my own kids. I was thinking about your kids too. And my two-year-old Nate, who is two years and almost three months now. So six months younger than this kid. Right. And one of the things that's become a bit of an issue at daycare is whenever I go to collect him from daycare, his hat's gone missing. Mm -hmm. So obviously at some point during the day, he scuds the hat and it's just missing somewhere in the yard. And every afternoon we play the game of... All right, where's your hat, mate? Let's go and find your hat. Mm. And we have to search around the whole yard. It takes another 20, 25 minutes. There's another kid there who's like a friend of Nate's who helps me out every single time mm-hmm. we go there, which is great. So we have to play this stupid game every time. So after watching that show on Wednesday night, on Thursday morning, I said to Nate, Nate, you're old enough now to like keep track of where your hat is mm. and keep your hat on. I want you to make sure when I pick you up this afternoon, you know where your hat is. Can you do that? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, great. So Thursday afternoon comes by. I roll into daycare. And whenever I roll in, and I think a lot of parents probably do this, I spy on my kid for a little while just to make yeah, sure that he's that happy. Too. Yeah, <laughs> But some non-parents do a lot of this. other people's kids. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you want to make sure that they're interacting with other kids, having a good time mm. rather than, cause every daycare center is just going to be like, Oh, they had a great day today and they're all good. So then, anyway. Then the Ben Stiller closed the, closed the door. <laughs> yeah. Read the name tag, Grandma. Yeah. You're in my world now. Can I trouble you for a warm glass of milk? You can trouble me for a warm glass of, shut the hell up. <laughs> now you'll go to sleep or I'll put you to sleep. Read the name tag, Grandma. You're in my world now. Classic. Classic reference. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm spying on Nate and I can see he's got his hat on fantastic so I walk in I'm like oh great work then you've got your hat on and one shoe <laughs> so then we had to find his fucking shoe that had gone missing so yeah I don't know if I can trust him to walk a kilometre buy products and walk home yet well it just reinforced to me that Asian kids are better than white kids like you got to admit they did some impressive stuff they did I was stoked with the second kid who fucked around as much as Nate would have when he got home. And then lied. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've juiced it. Yeah. It's done. Legend. So the second kid was sent home from the Mandarin farm to make Mandarin juice and then bring it back for the workers. And he just went home, fucked around with his toys. And then when mum called, he just lied and said he'd already done it. And then when That's got to be my kid. And then sure. when she called the second time, he hung up on her. <laughs> yeah. And that kid will end up in the motor trade. <laughs> So stay in school, kids. Mm-hmm. But no, that is very cute. Now, the big story. Yeah. And you, uh, uh, put in the comments if you saw my... I want to see what kind of cut through we got. Mm-hmm. We, we post, I posted something on Instagram and on YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. If you saw it, put a um, right poo in the comments. <laughs> Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. Yeah. Now, I spoke about this on my last... On my podcast. Mm-hmm. And the story had developed where he bought a 9% share of it. 9.2, to be specific. And at that time, when I had posted that, he had a board seat. Yeah, so the 9.2% made him Twitter's largest shareholder. And he had a seat on the board. That is right. Now, what changed after that, a couple of days later... The 
Parag Agarwal mm-hmm. came out, who was he's the CEO of Twitter, mm-hmm. who replaced Jack Dorsey. He came out and said, hey, there's going to be a lot of noise coming up, but we've decided that it's best for everyone if Elon Musk does not have a board seat. Mm-hmm. Now, now he didn't come out and say that. That was an internal memo to Twitter and They got leaked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that got me... That got me thinking in overdrive. I was like, mm, okay, is that a power play? Or was that purely them saying, no, 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 get out? Or is there something more to it? Mm-hmm. When I dug a little bit deeper, if you were a board member, you've got to run everything through the board. Yeah. You've and also got a fiscal responsibility to the company to do to all of your actions need to be to benefit the company itself. And you also have a maximum, like any future ownership needs to be capped. Yeah. That's right. At like 14%. Mm. So I'm like, okay, there's something else at play here. This is must must be an Elon move, yeah. not a Parag Agarwal move. Definitely. Then a couple of days later, Elon Musk puts a bid to buy all the shares. So prior to that, he had foregone his seat on the board. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah, you're right. So there's, he, there's a bit of a, yeah, there's a bit of a, a series of events that happened here. So obviously... Sorry, he, hold on, I want to even jump before that. He was throwing a whole bunch of stuff up on Twitter, mm-hmm. getting people, like, um, polling to the people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And said some interesting stuff. Like like anyone would do going into a new business, you would have a look and, and, and ask some questions. You know, mm-hmm. why do we do it like this? Why is this like that? Mm-hmm. And, hey, what do you think about this? And, and just to get a an understanding of where the business is at. Yeah. And like an interesting one was like the top three people or the top five highest followed Twitter users yeah. don't even use Twitter. That's right. They don't even post anymore. Yeah. yeah. Justin Bieber's got 150 million followers mm. and never posts. Yeah. So. Talks the point. But that was an interesting point, something that I never even thought of. Mm-hmm. Now, then he deleted them all. Mm. And I was like, okay. Right, so something's something's brewing. Something's brewing here. Mm-hmm. Then he gives up his seat on the board. Yeah, and that's when he pitches the idea. Filed it correctly through the SEC. He says he has since posted his SEC. Mm. I think his tweet was something like, "I did a thing," because <laughs> um, he's the king. He's the king of Twitter. Yeah, and um, uh, he. Effectively has offered $54 or $55 per share. Mm. Now, Twitter's currently at, um, currently at 40, I think it's 42 or $43 when mm. I checked this morning. He's paying a premium. So the way he, he then posted it, he posted something that he'd sent to Argawal, yeah. which was effectively saying, when I bought Twitter, it pumped by 30%. Mm-hmm. I will pay I will pay a premium at today's price. Mm-hmm. So he, he was going to pay $55, which is a 30% increase on what... No, it was, a, it was like a 20% increase on what his pumped price is, yeah. and it's like a 30% increase on what it was pre-Elon. Yeah. Here's my... This is my final offer. It works out it's a $42 billion deal. Mm-hmm. This is my... Final offer, it, there's no negotiating. It's, yeah, it's this, straight this. to the end price. Your yep. shareholders will love it. Yep. Um, 
And the reason why I'm doing this is because I believe that Twitter can no longer move forward unless it has some big change, mm -hmm. which can't be done. Unless it's private. Unless it's private. Yeah. Now, he's tried to do this before. Mm. I don't know if you remember, Tesla was being like smashed by regulation yeah. in the States. And a lot of, because he was tweeting stuff, the prices was going up and down, the SEC was on his back. He was getting, I think he had to pay a $50 million fine for something he'd said on Twitter. That He's been sanctioned a few times for, I guess you would call it like market manipulation using Twitter. Yeah. Which so, is a, there's a funny side story to the Twitter, the current Twitter thing in regards to market manipulation too, involving Elon Musk. Yeah, so he, he had said that he'd found a Saudi donor that was willing to buy all the all the shares. Right. So he he's making a big play. Mm. Now I suppose I want to ask everyone, what do you think? Like, what? Why do you think he's buying it? Why? Why do you think Elon Musk is buying Twitter? So yeah, just just I guess a little bit of background and that that funny little side story for me too is that. Uh, Elon Musk was actually 11 days late in filing his paperwork with the SEC about his acquisition of that 9.2%. Did you hear about this angle? Yeah. Yeah, so he was he was 11 days late, which what so essentially what what happens is if you buy a significant stake in any company uh, like any any share portfolio, you need to file with the SEC in America and then that becomes public knowledge. In the meantime, between him buying that 9.2% stake and 11 days later filing with the SEC, he actually had bought up more stock on top of that 9.2% at the current market rate. Yeah. When he then filed with the SEC 11 days later, that was when the 30% pump happened. Right. So he actually made $159 million from the additional stock he bought in the meantime when he went overdue on filing with the SEC. Now, a lot of people are jumping on that as a, oh, look, it's just millionaires or billionaires making millions. Honestly, that's chump change. Like, that yeah, is, I, that's not the reason why people do Like it. you said, $159 million he made, but it's a $42 billion acquisition he's trying to Correct. make. It is chump change. It is chump change. I just think it's a real funny, it's, it's, a, it's a typical Elon Musk half troll, half just being a smart dude move to, oh, I'll just... You know, which billionaire hasn't delayed some paperwork for financial gain before? Right? I don't think that's what it was. I don't think that's what it was about, though. I don't think he was. He would ever have been able. It, so if if he had filed that paperwork when he was supposed to, mm -hmm. I don't think he would have been able to buy anymore. Exactly. That was the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so it's not like a, a money making thing. It was purely an ownership and acquisition type thing. So how he can acquire? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Yeah. Because obviously, if he followed that paperwork and had his board seat, he couldn't buy any more than what he was purchasing. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, it's really interesting because when when you did your last episode and the public was talking about Elon Musk's interest in purchasing a, a significant uh, amount of Twitter stock, there was a lot of people on the freedom of speech movement side of things <laughs> who are very, very happy with that. Yeah. Uh, because, look, I'll, I'll be, I'll be uh, frank. I've got a Twitter account. I never go on Twitter because as far as I'm concerned, it's an absolute, like, cesspool of left-wing ideology. Oh, it is. It, yeah, it's literally uh, lefties slinging gender politics at each other. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it's, it's not fun. Like, I, I don't think I've ever gone on Twitter and have felt positive. Yeah. Like, if I go on Instagram, my Instagram feed is pretty much at the moment UFC news, other, like NBA and other sports news, yep. 
and steak and outdoor barbecue videos. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty much yeah, what, I, yeah. what I see. So I go on there and I, I scroll through the search function. I, I find that quite enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then someone will send me something on Twitter and then I'll go and I'll, I'll watch the clip or whatever it is. And it's just, it's just a negative cesspool. And what's interesting in, in regards to this is the amount of times in the past where you've had people who have complained about censorship on Twitter. Because Twitter is a big deal. I think it's got something like 300 million users. Mm-hmm. It's the largest social media platform. Mm-hmm. But what the big deal is about Twitter is it is the platform that most of the, I guess you would call them elites, spend most of their time on sure. in regards to social media. It's the best broadcast mechanism. For That's right. Yeah. So Twitter shapes a lot of the social discourse Absolutely. and therefore shapes a lot of policy because as we've seen in recent years, most policy now is based on populist opinion rather than on what's the right way to do things. Yeah. Right? So that's why Twitter's so important. Mm. And the the the, the pro-Twitter, the way it is, advocates have said for a long time, oh, if you don't fucking like it, go and make your own social media platform. And we've seen platforms try to do that. You've seen platforms like Getter. What was the one that got shut down during the um, presidential election? Oh, yeah. I mean... Anyway, so there was one that came out and then you guys remember the stories and like this is how long it's been already. Like that thing got shut down quick smart because it wouldn't, uh, none of the servers would would support that platform anymore. So people have tried to do it differently. There's Truth Social, Donald Trump's... It's uh, been a bit of a flop. Which has been an absolute flop. Yeah. Uh, So I guess with Elon sitting back looking at all this, he's gone, okay... I've got the smarts. Could I go and invest all of my time in creating my own social media platform? Well, look at all these people who've tried it. A lot of these people are fairly capable with, with a lot of money behind them. Mm. They have failed. Well, what's the, what's the best way to go then? Purchase the, the reigning king and turn it into what you want. Because you've already got the user base on it. Which is interesting because we spoke about it here where we thought something was up because Elon was talking to Jack Dorsey. Mm. And they were talking about launching one. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie comes back. As the CEO of Twitter 2.0? Yeah. So, it, it, look, I'm with you. I think, and, and, and if you notice now, there's a very big divide. Some people are very anti-Elon. Yeah. I am very pro-Elon. I would love to see a world where Elon gets to direct Twitter where he wants. Yeah. Where he thinks it should go. And he has a good time on it. He he has, they call him the, the meme lord. You know, he's not the best at memes. It's just a guy that you don't expect to do memes because he's a... Yeah, that's he's, right. He's it's like he gets a meme handicap because he's a guy with Asperger's billionaire who's got way too much on his plate to be trolling people online. Yeah, but he's still doing it and he's having yeah. a good time. And that and that is the... That's one of the, one of the main reasons why I'm on Twitter is because of Elon. Right. Now... Oh, the other thing I used to I used to like Twitter as a great way to understand news that's happening right now. So if you see a whole bunch of police cars drive fly past, yeah, you used to you have to just jump on and look for hashtags, mm. and it would tell you. But that's starting to go away now because it's yeah. just getting overload. I think people are so dejected with what's on there that they're not having that input. I think that a lot of a lot of that functional stuff has been overloaded by the fact that people are. Everyone wants interaction. So if you were a post, a constant poster, a lot of people want to have that endorphin release that you get whenever I'm interacts with your mm. posts. So what that means is 
if there's an accident in Helensvale, but there's also a UFC event on, everyone will be posting hashtag UFC 267. Yeah, yeah, so and breaking the algorithm. That's right, and because you've got millions of people posting about the it thing at the time just so they get seen, the algorithm yeah. um, goes with them. Whereas, you know, back in, like you said, back in the day, which wasn't that long ago, no. five years ago? No, not even. I reckon, Maybe I reckon two years ago I was using it that way. Yeah, because I, like, I would do the same thing. I'd have a helicopter going over the house, and you'd go, like, you'd just search for police Helensvale or whatever, yeah. and you would, you would find out there was an accident or there was a missing child or, or whatever yeah. whatever it was. But I think that, yeah, we've, as far as social media goes, there has been this massive shift towards just being, just getting attention. And I think the majority of people who post on social media just shouldn't. <laughs> like, if they could just get out of the way and let us listen to the people like Elon, well, when you, that when would you, be great. Voice of Victoria is a perfect example. Mm. So she'll post up, these Twitter spats that these politicians are having. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you guys are falling for... Like, you guys are trolling y- yourselves. That's right. Like, you know, you can't even see yourself doing it. You say dumb stuff, yeah. get owned on it, say something dumber to try and cover it up, but yeah. now you've just put it in the, in the public sphere. But also, the worst thing about that sort of stuff when you live in a world of algorithms is the people saying the dumb shit who are in uh, positions of influence, like these politicians... The only people who see their dumb shit are their supporters who believe their dumb shit. And then on the other side, you've got the, the other side saying equally dumb shit that it's only being seen by their yeah. supporters who believe equally dumb shit. So I want to see it. And I, I spoke to a mate during the week who he's got shares in Twitter. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't really want to sell my, my shares to him. Mm-hmm. But he also said, I'd love to see a Twitter, an Elon run Twitter. Yeah. And I'd love to see it too. I just think it would be super cool. Now, yeah, and when, my question, yeah. when he owns it, because he will, mm-hmm. uh, I had a look back at the shares. It's never been over $55, mm-hmm. so he may as well take the money. Yeah. Does he let Trump back on? Of course. Yeah. And the way that you know that is because when he provided Starlink access to Ukraine for the war and he was asked to um, censor and prevent any Russian disinformation being uploaded from Russians on Starlink, he said no. Mm. He said, sorry, my idea of freedom of speech is different to other people's. Mm. So what's interesting, I've seen a lot of articles about this in the recent days where people are trying to demonise Elon. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is it. this all comes down to the fact that everyone is against censorship unless it's their kind of censorship. So whether it's left-wing politics, right-wing politics, whatever, they all claim to be pro-freedom of cho- uh, freedom of speech as long as it's freedom of their speech, not freedom of your speech. Mm. And that's on, that's on both sides of politics. Yeah, I, so a lot of the articles that I've seen written lately have been written by left-wing outlets demonising Elon, going, oh, this is exactly what we need. Can we start calling it far left? Oh, if you want to. I, I don't... You don't I don't want to call idea. people far left or far right unless yeah. you're talking about like probably the Azov Battalion in Ukraine. Yeah. They're far right. Yeah. You know, far right ain't people in Melbourne protesting for yeah, you know, yeah. freedom. Yeah. Um, but these outlets are demonising Elon, going, oh, this is exactly what we need. There's no such thing as free speech when a billionaire controls it. And it's like, hold on. The only reason why you were saying these articles is because currently the freedom of speech rules promote your ideology and they censor the other one that you mm. don't like. 
What you're really upset about is the fact that if Elon takes it over, then the other ideology will be able to speak just as freely as you can, and then everyone can be tasked to decide for themselves. Now, we aren't just assuming that that's the way it'll go. Yeah. Because he might create an algorithm that only allows memes. Maybe. In which case, I believe Barstool Sports will be the king because they've employed be up there the sure. meme, the king of the, like the meme master. I think that was years ago, but anyway, I'm just catching up on Barstool stuff. The other thing too, and this is, this, I mean, it would not make sense to do it from a business perspective, from, but from a global perspective, he could even just shut it down. He could just go, you know what? I've seen what impact Twitter's having on humanity. I don't like it. Yeah, I can't see. Off. I can't see a forty-one billion dollar investment being switched off. Why not? Well, I, I because I think I think there is some real intrinsic value. I think it's a very powerful thing. It is a very good way to get uh, ideas shared. Mm-hmm. It can be done better. I don't think he'll ever flick it off. Well, sorry, not in the short term. Yeah. Maybe in the future, he may. But I. I think it is a very powerful tool Agreed. and it can be used for good. Yep. It just hasn't. Explore that idea. Uh, so, look, we'll see. We'll see. It is a massive, massive... I think we're lucky to see something as big as this in our... This is probably the largest acquisition in, in a generation. And I've already noticed too, Business Insider had posted that when Jeff Bezos bought the New York Times, uh, no, New York Post, New York Times, whatever, they're saying, oh, such an interesting thing that a billionaire gets to buy a thing. I wonder what that world looks like. And now slamming Elon for doing it, saying that this is, this is like a massive threat. It's effectively the same thing. It's two billionaires controlling certain amounts of information coming in and out. Now, do I back... Do I back Elon and his ideology over Jeff Bezos and his ideology? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think uh, Bezos is more about promoting uh, modern-day slavery in, in the way uh, Jeff Bezos runs his... or, or, or Amazon runs um, their system than Elon has. So, it's... I think it, we're very lucky to sit in the box seat to watch this unfold. I think it's very cool. So, so let me ask you this. If, if this goes through... And like you were saying, from a shareholder perspective, if you invested in Twitter to make money, it makes the most sense to take the deal. Yeah. He's offering a figure that is far higher than the stock has ever gone to. And I would probably be fairly wary if I was a Twitter investor who then refused the deal because he's still the majority shareholder at this point in time. So what happened? He did say he was going to sell. Yeah. And he could just dump it. And then what happens to the share price? Then it obviously crashes. So you probably, it is your best case scenario just to take the money. Sorry, the high, I've just got it up here now, the high mm-hmm. uh, in, oh, the high has been $73. Okay. That's the highest. It's How long been. ago was that? That was not that long ago, the February 19. Sorry, 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 19th of February, 2021. 19th so I think of February, 2021. That's when all the tech stocks started to kick back off again. That's when everything went up. Everything was arbitrarily pumped by that stage. But that was also Jack Dorsey times, not yep. this Parag. It's failing. Yeah. Like that business, if, if you let it go, that's failing. And, and there is a very steep drop off. Yeah, you um, can see that on the graph. There, yeah, yeah, after that. But honestly, it sat around that sort of $53 mark. Mm-hmm. You know, if you averaged it out, 53 to, you know, $54 is probably 
more than fair. Yeah, well, I mean, look, when it's currently at $45 US and he's offering $54, you are looking at an extra $9 a share. That's 20% above what it's currently valued at. And it's only valued that because of him. Yeah, because it's bounced up. Like you said, wasn't it like 38 recently? Um, why is that not showing the number? That there is... Yeah, what, $36. Yeah, so it's had a massive bump already. And Just because of him. And then you're offering 20% above the all, the already massive bump. So so the deal's fair. 100%. I want to see what happens. I, I wonder, I always ask myself, okay, if I was financially invested in it, what would I want to see? Obviously, I would want to see a return. I think that there is... I would never have invested in it Prague times because I just mm. don't think he's got what it takes to I don't think a software engineer is the answer to like is the right leader for this type of thing no it, Twitter's none of Twitter's problems are software related mm. all of Twitter's problems are socio-politically yeah. related so you don't get what's well, internal software, ideology yeah so you don't get a software engineer to fix those problems yeah. You get someone who understands society, or not even that understands it. You get someone who's got a vision for where they want society to go. To be well, able to I don't like that either. See, I don't, that, to me, that's imprinting. We, you shouldn't decide where you think society should go. Mm. You should let society decide where society yeah, goes. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you just add it, if my vision, and I hope Elon's is the same, is let's make it unfettered mm. so that all the ideas can be on there mm. and... And hopefully that will form society. Yeah. Let society form society. Yeah. And like, isn't it, it's what I find so amazing at the moment with the current global landscape is just thinking about how quickly things have changed in such a short period of time during this pandemic in the last two years. So all the COVID stuff aside... I mean, uh, sorry, you can't really put it all aside, but look at how censorship has ramped up in the last two years when it comes to these social media platforms. Uh, Look at how Joe Rogan's podcast has been uh, affected in the last two years just because of these platforms. Now you have to have a COVID warning on every single podcast. Like I I remember before when when they first proposed putting COVID warnings on his podcast, it was only on the ones that they specifically spoke about COVID. Now it's on every episode. Yeah. I mentioned to you during the week, and I think it's been somewhat fixed on our feed, but even we were sort of half in the naughty corner with YouTube because they disabled our uh, time code and chapter functions on all of our videos. And from me doing a bit of sort of searching around, that's like one of the, I guess, soft ways of of hitting you for saying no-no words because mm-hmm. they just turn that functionality off so then people can't search for it as well. Well, I want to take it a step further than that. Web 2 sucks mm. and what do i what do i mean let me give you some examples of web 2 sucking a why are we letting companies decide what we can talk about yeah agree okay that's it, it, if you take if you take a step out of it yeah. that's crazy yeah. why is a company allowed to say what you can and can't talk about that makes no sense on that note i i, I watched a brief clip from russell brand mm. yesterday and he was talking about this is the reason why and this is relevant to the whole the cold COVID thing. But during the COVID pandemic and since then, uh, television advertising spend in America, 75% of the advertising revenue comes from pharmaceutical companies. Mm. 
So when you question as to why certain things are allowed to be spoken about on social media and certain things aren't, it's because 75% of these businesses' income is reliant upon you not saying no-no words on their platform. Yeah, so if you're now letting companies decide, not just the company that you're, the platform that you're using, but you're letting their advertisers decide what you can and can't speak about, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Why? Because everything is profit-based. If you're allowing companies to decide what you can speak about, it's be- like, what's a company's motivation? Profit. That's it. The And that should be the underlying uh, motive of any business mm. is how much profit can I make? And that's okay. Mm. But that should not infect social discourse. Yeah. Yeah, imagine if it's the equivalent of being at a barbecue and you're talking with your close friends and then you bring up a touchy subject and someone comes over and says, oh, you're not allowed to speak about this because we're using Aldi sausages and um, Aldi doesn't like you speaking Mm. about that particular thing. Like, if if you really look at it, that's crazy. Number two, when you walk around on the internet, what's this asking for cookies bullshit? Mm. Every single page is interrupted by a a, a cookie. Hey, do you accept cookies? Of course I accept the cookies. Yeah. Okay? I do it all for the cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh... Do you know what else is broken? If you go to a shop, right? Let's mm-hmm. say you go to a physical shop. You go to a market store and you buy a candle. Mm-hmm. Show me what that interaction looks like. Um, hey, uh, what's your name? Alex. Alex? Oh, nice to meet you, Alex. My name's Jason. Um, I'm looking at buying a scented candle for the missa. Don't yeah, know here's scented candle. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. $5. That looks great. Yeah, done. Let's, let's do a deal. Okay. Here's that on the internet. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm selling scented candles. Mm-hmm. What's your name? (laughs) What's your address? What's your phone number? Yeah. Click on an email. I've sent you an email. Click to confirm that you're a person and not a not a bot. Yeah. Right. Do you know what's even worse about it though? Do you know what I fucking hate about sponsored ads? It's not only that interaction that you've just displayed. But it's that interaction after you've already bought the fucking product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it has it has attracted you where you've gone on the internet. Yeah. You've been to a website. You've already bought the fucking thing. And then it sends you advertising for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I already own it. Yeah. What a waste of ad spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, that, that's, that algorithm stuff should, should be fixed. Like, um, that's but why would you fix it when the company who... Because like, if it's on the same day... The company who's selling the advertising just goes, oh, see, I sold an ad that day and you got a sale that no, day. No, no, no. If you've got... that, That's something that they should fix, but I don't think they're going to have time to do it because I think Web3 is going to fix a lot of that. Mm. And, and, and how's it going to do it? Okay, for a start, let's create an internet that doesn't follow you around. Yeah. Okay, for mm-hmm. a start, because that's what a cookie is. A cookie follows, grabs you some of your metadata. Yeah. It kind of knows who you are. It kind of doesn't. It knows what you've touched and it knows what to show you. So imagine walking through the market and a little kid says, oh, he's looked at salted peanuts. I'm going to show him. So as he walks up to the sausage stand, I'm going to show him salted peanuts thing. Mm. Okay. That's, that's effectively what a cookie does. So let's get rid of that. That sucks. And I think in Europe, they've just ruled against you and allowed to track people. Right. So like Europe's really at the start of trying to bring it back to the people. And I think that's what Web3 is going to become. Yeah. Now, to answer the thing about leaving your name, phone number, postcode, circumcision status on a purchase online, mm. crypto, in, in the crypto world, they are building 
their own version of what a digital identity is, which yeah. is a token that represents you that has none of your identifiers on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's an encrypted version of you. Yeah. I'm far more comfortable with that. Yeah, because it's basically... When I go to a market, you don't need to know where I live. That's right. You just need to know that I'm a person yeah. and I'm trying to buy something from you and I've got the money. That's all yeah. you need to know. So build that into the code. Mm. I think that, that that's a cool thing. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's coming. Do yeah. you remember only a short period of time ago, if you, like went to buy something online they asked you those questions you'd be like fuck I'm not buying this where else can I get it from Yeah, you would literally leave that website to go and find the same product or something similar somewhere else just because you're like I'm not giving you name date of birth phone number literally every piece of information that you need to steal my online identity I'm not giving you that shit yeah and guess what? Oh, oh, well I'm keen in a fucking credit card as well no thanks mate I'm going to go somewhere else and now in such a short period of time we're so comfortable with handing over all those that personal data yeah. It's just wrong. It shouldn't happen. But not even from the, not even from like the, the, like personal information side of things. Mm. It's just clunky. Yeah. It's just a clunky way to it takes like, way too much time. It take it, it. just clicks that you don't need. Yeah. So look, I, I think we can. I think crypto web three fixes a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example I've got of of where uh, web two sucks to web three is when, um. Oh, I've just lost it now. It was so beautiful as well. I was only just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Apps. Do you know apps? So, Dad needs a new phone. Because mm. his phone is now too old yeah, to not, run not an app that he wants, the apps anymore. wants to use. Yeah. Okay, so every single piece of technology that's in an app form needs to go through the Google Play Store or the Android Store. The Apple Store. Apple Store or some fringe side-loading hackathon thing. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Yeah. So so Dad's phone works fine, Mm -hmm. but it's now no use to him because one of the main things that he uses on it, he now can't use because of some arbitrary change on the app landscape. Mm -hmm. So web app. So my protocol that that I'm building is going to be a Web3 web app. Yeah. So it can run on any any device at any time, or yep. any updates are done on our side, and not. Yep. I don't care what anyone else does. And how come? So, and think about how smart Apple and and this is where Liam used to piss me off all the time. He's so happy about it. He he loves this stuff because he loves how Apple was smart enough to create its own markets and and have everything internal. And he thinks Google's so smart because they've encapsulated the internet. Mm. Doesn't think about the fact that it literally fucks the users over. Yeah, like, it's it's smart from a business perspective. It's shit from a user perspective. Yeah, and like I've said all the time, as a business, if you want to be successful, your uh, your success needs to be in line with what your customers are mm. trying to achieve. Agreed. Not counter to. No, that's right. And at the moment, it's it's getting far and far, like, much and, like, further and further away from being in line. Mm. It's becoming an issue. Yeah. So Web3 is the answer. Mm-hmm. And um, I like, I think that why this Twitter thing is huge mm-hmm. because I think he's going to give it a big shaker. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. But I only think it kind of cements what what Web3 and the new version of the internet is going to be. Yeah, well, look, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens from here. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be moves on it even just over the weekend. So by the time this drops, I'm sure there's going to be some information that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, 
pay attention to it. Uh, if anything major does come out, we'll throw up another short or something like yep. that as well, just to sort of recap uh, the the latest happenings. But this is a big deal. This is a big mm. deal. And a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't even use Twitter. Why is this a big deal? Because the people who make the decisions that affect you and your life, every single one of them is on Twitter and yep. they're being affected by Twitter. And unfortunately, they'll run Twitter polls and shit all the time. And okay, there's th- maybe 300 million users. There's... 8 billion people on the planet. So it's only a very small amount of people that are on there. But unfortunately, when these people go to Twitter and go, hey, you guys, hey, hey, Twitter world, what do you think about this? And then the Twitter world tells them they think that that's a real world representation, whether it is or it isn't. So, you know, it's not even that that um, transparent. So they can, they can pull, you can get an app or an API to run over and you can get a gist of what is being spoken about. Yeah. Without running a poll. Yeah, that's right. And that's what our politicians will be doing. 100%. Our politicians will be saying, hey, Those what's Those saying? that we've spoken about before, yeah. they do a lot of that stuff because yeah. they go, oh, based on online chatter, oh, Dan Andrews, yeah, you seemed way too hardline in your last press conference. So what we need to do, we need to lose the red tie. We need to maybe just, you know, have no tie. Oh, put on the North Face jacket. Yeah, just yeah. soften things up a little bit. Dan Andrews needs to stop looking directly at the camera and smiling. He's got very aggressive canines. He does look like a vampire. Yeah, Dan Andrews just needs to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so we're going to move on from yeah, the Yeah, 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 we're done. Let, let's talk a little bit about Aussie politics because there's a little bit of stuff going on at the moment. Mm. Um, not a whole lot of major things, but uh, obviously we've got the election coming in, I think it's six weeks' time, roughly. And... Uh, Albo has completely fucked himself many times in the first week as far as... Uh, I don't, I, I'm going to push back on that, but you go. Uh, I believe he has shot himself in the foot a lot of times uh, on the campaign trail mm-hmm. in recent in the re- last week or so. Uh, ScoMo is actually doing a little bit of kind of what Joe Biden was doing last year where he was sort of just trying to sort of stay a little bit quiet and let Albo shoot himself in the foot. And then... That's my pushback. Why? My pushback is not that Albo's shot himself in the foot. Mm-hmm. It's that they're showing you Albo shooting himself in the foot. And I'm, not I'm showing sure anything. that's a lot of it. But it is. The news has been so disgustingly one-sided. Mm-hmm. On, on the, I opened up a paper on the weekend, and yeah. the first page says, our commitment to you is that we are going to remain impartial during this. Yeah. And then the front page, three-quarters Scott doing something cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 one quarter Albo doing something bad yeah. on the front cover and it, I, was, I was with a mate and he, he's like look at how pathetically like they're not yeah. even trying to hide it yeah 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 and to me that is not that's not cool so I cop that 100% but here's where I disagree with you early on in my sales career the best piece of advice I was ever given by a manager was if you want anyone to give a shit about what you think you need to. You need everyone to know that ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you know what you're doing. You do the right thing. So, Albo coming into this campaign knows full fucking well that the entire media landscape is against him in this race. Mm-hmm. He should know that. Mm-hmm. So the stuff ups that he made were not knowing the absolute basics of what he needed to know to campaign properly. Yeah, I I think you're just buying into the, that that narrative. Because um, So a guy who's a Labour government who is supposed to be fighting for the working man doesn't know what the cash rate is, doesn't know what... What was the other term they didn't know? The what unemployment, unemployment rate. rate was. The unemployment yeah. rate is a bullshit number. 
That is, there is no way... I get that. There is no way... Because they don't take into consideration underemployment. I know. No, it's not just that. It's not just that. Okay. Really think about your network, right? Right. Is it... Are, are there more people without work now than what there were five, ten years ago? Think about your own yeah. network. Of course there is. Yeah, yet it's somehow that percentage is lower. So it's a bullshit arbitrary number. Yeah, It's but, one that they're getting us to tie to mm-hmm. like it's the be-all and end-all. But I'm not even worried about it. Like, the cash rate. Obviously, mortgage stress is a big thing for Australian families. Yeah. If you're campaigning, saying you're the Labor government, like, campaigning for the everyday man, the blue-collar workers, you don't even know what the cash rate is, surely you would assume that's coming up on the campaign trail. So you what should I, know what the cash rate what is. What I'm saying is, if I was Albo, I would be rolling into this going... Every single media outlet is against me. I can't make a mistake. What do I need to know? I'll be sitting down. I'll be talking to my advisors going, what are the key talking points? What are all the stats? I need to know fucking everything because I need to be seamless. And he hasn't been. I don't think, I reckon even if he did, you would never see it. And that's, and that's, yeah, you might be right. But also you wouldn't see him fucking up either. And that's what's been all over the TV, is him making mistakes. But if, even if he only fucked up that 0.1, like you've said, if you're 99%, if, you, if he fucked up that 1%, that's all that they would show. Yeah, I think right. the result is the same. And But it is disgusting. It is, ab- like, to me, it's atrocious. Now, I have known it's one-sided in the past. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is the most one-sided the, the, the media has ever been. Right. I think it's the most extreme version of it. Now, for the same reason, they got to sell tickets, Murdoch owned, mm-hmm. big dog in the big seats obviously said this is what this is the outcome that I want. Mm-hmm. And this is how this is how we're gonna get there. Which you gotta to remember too, the current Liberal government gave the media companies a one hundred percent tax offset for the last two years during the pandemic. It was forty one million dollars mm. of money that should have gone to taxpayers. Paid into the coffers was given back to the media companies. That's why they're yeah, because the they were so hard done by apparently while everyone was stuck at home and yet the media was still yeah. It was really hard to get advertisers when everyone was just stuck at home glued to their TVs every single day. Yeah, yeah, it was really really difficult. So where I think I'm, I don't want to fall into this trap mm. of of like I can see what they're doing. I can see the I I, I can yeah. see the um like even you know how Scoma got smashed by that. Uh, old bloke at mm. the at the um, uh, RSL. Yeah. Now, to his credit, he actually dealt with him like far more than mm. the other bloke that tried to ask. Oh, Albert that that question that was embarrassing. That yeah. was really embarrassing. It, it was cringy. It was really yeah, yeah. really cringy to say that. Oh yeah, I'm ready for your hard question. Oh no, I'm not taking it because we're only taking questions from the credit and media. Just say no, mate. You're not media. Fuck off. Yeah. Like just be real. Yeah. But it was the way that. It's now been portrayed after the fact, like like they've made the scomo thing a good thing. That old bloke screaming at him, mm. they've made that a of course they have. A, a good point. Yeah, and we just can't we just can't buy into it. No. So what we wanted, what, I mean, the reason why we tried to play with the tech today mm. is because what we want to do. Can I talk about what we want yeah, to do? Yeah, for sure. What we want to do is we want to have we, we want to do our next show where we have the graphics on the screen mm-hmm. and we're going to go to every single political party's page and yeah. go through it line by line. What their policies are. What the policies are and we'll actually discuss them. Yeah. Because at the moment, and it's this tricky, it's this beautiful little trick that they play. It's just like, well, it's between these two guys. It's yeah. not. Yeah, that's right. It's not between those two guys. Yeah. There are more things that are happening, but they just don't show it. And if they don't show it, you don't know. So that's why 
here at the RDA podcast, we want to show yeah. what some of the other options are. Because there are other options, and you're right. Like the the biggest myth is that there's only these two parties, and they they show oh two party preferred uh, polls. Why do you think they show that? They mm. they try to show that as if you've only got one of those two to pick from. Yeah, you don't. You've got other options. There's many democracies around the world that have multiple parties vying and that have a realistic chance of getting a leader elected. Mm. Um, I was listening to something recently about France. France has four different parties that every single election vie for leadership. Mm. Four. Four options. We have that ability to have that here in this country. But clearly, especially in the media landscape, which we have seen is so effective at programming people on on which way to go... Uh, they tell us that there's, a, that there's only two options. And out of those two options, one of them's evil and one of them's a good way to go. South Park did it. Yeah. You're choosing between a douche or, or a, a turd, turd sandwich. sandwich. That's right. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to throw it out there. Like, so I, I had a, a conversation with someone in the YouTube comments from last week's episode about politics and who I was going to vote for. And who I personally want to vote for is, is irrelevant because you guys should vote for whoever you think is the party that is going to greatly align with your values and create the country that you want to live in. That's all that matters. Mm. My number one pet hate of election time is all the negative politics. I think it should be illegal. Yeah. I think that it is appalling that we live in a system where taxpayer-funded advertising can be used to negatively uh, change mindsets against political parties. It should literally be, these are my policies, it's on my fucking website, that's it. Uh, Dan Andrews, did you hear about this recently in Victoria? Dan Andrews got done by the Auditor General about there was two ad campaigns he ran in the last two years which are deemed to be political in nature and therefore are not eligible for public funding, which they were public funded. Yeah, but that was the Auditor General's opinion. That's right. That's the arrogance of politicians in this country now is... When he was done for doing something illegal and spending $13 million worth of taxpayer money in the process, his response to that was, oh, well, the Auditor General's entitled to their opinion. That's as far as it's gone, yeah. at least as far as I know. Um, I think that should be illegal. Mm. So if you want to actually reform this country properly and talk about proper democracy, forget all the negative, slanderous political advertising. That should be illegal. Just bring your policies forward. That's it. Yeah, and can we can we get over the fact... like? I don't want to see anyone kissing any babies. I don't want yep. to see anyone patting any dog. dog. I don't want to see people going to job sites and shake, or f- not shaking hands with people on job sites. Yep. It's pantomime. You That's didn't right. do it before. If you only do it, like, let's let's get rid of this tradition yep. that is useless and that obviously breeds bad outcomes. Yep. Let's not buy into it. Yep. Don't watch it. Don't, like, what's the policy? Mm. What are they going to do? Yep. How are they going to help? And... And, and this is, if you if you want to be anti-liberal, so the Liberal Party has run the country during the pandemic, right? We know how much money we've spent during the pandemic and whatever you think about the, uh, the things we've spent that money on is aside. We're in massive levels of debt. Now, what will be very interesting is in six months' time when we get the tally up of how much money like taxpayer money the Liberal Party spends on advertising to get themselves re-elected. Yeah. Because it's going to be astronomical. But It'll be through the fucking roof. I don't even think the advertising's where it's at. It's the tax cuts that, that they're just buying votes. Oh, you're going to have $420 extra in your yeah. bank account if you're on Centrelink. It's that stuff. That's the stuff that yeah. I, I hate. And it's, as we've discussed before, like it's because the majority of Australians don't give a shit about politics. Yeah, and they've they got small memories. 
like short memories. 100%. Absolutely we do. Oh, can we talk about that podcast that I think everyone needs to listen to on No Agenda? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's segue to that. Okay. We, we'll go far more into politics uh, when we get, as we, we just get closer to the election. We, we just want to get the tech right. Yeah, we want to set the tech up right. Maybe we do that. Maybe that's a zoomy. Yeah, potentially. Might do that zoomy. Yeah, it might be an easy way to do it. There is a beautiful... We are big proponents of the No Agenda podcast. Mm-hmm. Adam Curry is the podfather. He invented podcasting, so yep. we, we thank the podfather. Yep. And they went on holidays. And when they go on holidays, because they do two shows a week, they... they, they, they oh, sorry, take a step back. The No Agenda crew, they're inventing podcasting 2.0. Yep. They've got a beautiful ecosystem that they've built. They have a search engine. Mm-hmm. called bingit.io yep. and any clip that's ever been played on their No Agenda show and they're up to 1,442, yep. you can just search. Mm. So when they go on holidays, they will pull a, put a medley together. Yep. And the one that they did on the 4th of April is called COVID Retrospective. Mm. And it is a compilation in chronological order of news articles from the start, like maybe from 2019, all the way to now? No, it's not all the way till now. So big key point on that re- retrospective is the the whole episode's like three hours long or something like that, just of clips, but that's only about the first six months. Of oh, the, is it? Of the oh, it is yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it is Because it, it's pre-vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So none of the stuff's about anti-vax or anything yeah. like that. It is all just... The news stories that were fed to us during that first six months of the pandemic, it is fascinating it to is listen to. Like, and when you listen back to some of the stuff and you think about some of the views that we have now compared to then, yeah. it is wild. It's fascinating. It yeah, is 100%. wild. So yeah. I, 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 it, I didn't even say the episode number, did I? The episode is 1439 COVID Retrospective. On the No Agenda no podcast. podcast, can you put a link to it? On yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link to it. Now they don't have a YouTube channel; it's just podcast. That like, here's the Podfather. He in, invented podcasting, so it is just available on audio apps. So definitely download a Podcasting 2.0 applicable app mm. and listen to it on there. I mean, you can still get it from like Apple Podcasts and stuff like that yep. at the moment. But honestly, yeah, it is fascinating, and this is, I guess, this sort of ties in well to what we're just talking about: political advertising and how. During so during the pandemic, seventy five percent of the ad spend, and that was in America. I'm sure that's echoed around the world, because the only people. Well, I don't know because it's America and New Zealand are the only places that, that it's are allowed. legal to actually advertise yeah. drugs. Yeah, but it's also. But then again, I suppose we have like Codrill. And we do. Yeah, we do have and, it, just not pharmaceuticals. And how many segments do you see on the morning news shows about vaccines or? you know, Paxlovid coming out or antivirals or whatever, or how many... Native advertising. Native advertising. Mm. How many of them are anti-Ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine? Like, how many of those stories did you see? They're all paid for. Yeah. That ain't journalism. That's paid for uh, native advertising. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it, it is fascinating to go back and actually listen to that stuff. Yeah. On, on the, um, the COVID front, I saw a very interesting statistic a few days ago, which is that 70% of Australia's COVID deaths have occurred between November 2021 and now. Okay. 70%. Yep. Why is that significant? Well, 
the vaccine rollout started in January, oh, sorry, February 2021. Hmm. So we're 12 months into the vaccine rollout. In November, we had the vaccinated economy in full, full effect in the country. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we were... Oh, congratulations to all Queenslanders too, by the way, if you made it. Oh, yeah, if you made it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the vaccinated economy was in full effect. Not only that, but in November, don't forget, that was when Queensland brought in the teaching mandate, was in November, that by the start of the school year yep. next year, all the teachers had to be vaccinated as well. And the whole idea behind it is to slow the spread and to, to stop people who work in high-risk locations spreading the virus. And yet, with... I think in November we were what nine like around the country ninety to ninety five percent double dosed, mm-hmm. and since then seventy percent of the deaths have occurred. Even though we were told that Omicron was a more transmissible but a less deadly mm. variant. Fascinating statistic. Read into it what you will. It's I mean it's it's plain to see, and you can when you look at socials and whenever. Palaszczuk puts a little thing out there and saying, like, we're, we're re- um, relieving restrictions. I can see why you'd think it's mental to do that now when more people are dying now than there were before. Yeah. You know, we, we had that... Uh, uh, we had lockdowns when we were in single digits for the week. Yeah, and now we're doing... Cases, not even deaths. Yeah, now we're cases. doing double-digit deaths a day and and we're re- loosening things. It makes no logical yeah. sense so did you did you see that clip of yvette darth this week too that went viral about no. her someone asked her about how um ambulance workers have reported an absolutely massive increase in i, I can't remember what the what the terminology is but it's basically heart attack related calls right and she's just doing this stupid thing of like, oh, well, you know, sometimes like you just go through these phases where the, the calls do go up and who knows what, that we could be experiencing a higher amount of these phone calls. I'm like, like it's pretty clear as fucking that. It's coming out. Um, but what, what it, like, why is this relevant? We have said for a long, long time, this ride only stops when everyone chooses to get off it. Yeah. And I think you're seeing now, and look, Regardless of what your thoughts on vaccination were at the beginning of, of the pandemic, the biggest, um, what's, what's the word that I'm trying to use here? Takeaway. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. The biggest takeaway that I get from this is, unfortunately, as a society, the vast majority of people are more concerned about showing their friends, family, peers that they're doing the right thing and they're part of the group than they are of actually thinking for themselves and doing the right thing. And I was thinking about this. I watched an embodiment of what you've just said. Okay. I was at a big crowd on the weekend. Yeah. In a city, moving around, big crowds moving around. Mm -hmm. And you watch people lock on to the back of... And I'm talking... this, This crowd would have been... As far as the eye can see, yeah. three or four people wide, mm-hmm. as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And you watch people just tag on the back, tag on the back, tag on the back. Mm. We walked around them. There was nothing stopping anyone from, like they had created their own, the herd had yeah, created yeah, yeah. this bottleneck yep. for no reason. We optimised our time mm. by like an hour yeah. by just... 
going, hey, like th- look, this is this is an arbitrary line. That's right. You looked at the situation, you made an assessment, yeah. you made a move, and that worked. Yeah. Mm. But I even heard people in my own group go, oh, shouldn't we be here? Yeah. And we're looking like, why? Mm. Why? That they're creating a line for no reason. Yeah. They're creating a line because the herd's moving that way. That's right. It was yeah. It, I think that goes to what you're, 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 yeah. you're trying to say. There, there is a deep... See, this, is, this is what has upset me the most during the pandemic. There is a deep-seated part in all of our DNA, which is the will to not be ostracised from the group. It is a safety mechanism that mm. human beings have always had because we're social creatures. And if you go back to the caveman days, being ostracised was a death sentence. If you were removed from the group, you would die. Mm. You wouldn't have food. You wouldn't have shelter. You wouldn't have protection. You would die. Mm. So it is it is inherent in all of us that we want to be part of a group. That has been manipulated and abused for two years mm. straight. And now you're seeing this point where there's there's a real mental health element involved in this now. Oh, absolutely. Right? So I had a conversation with someone during the week who was then having a conversation with uh, some of the know, and essentially it was, it was surrounding the teachers' mandates because there's, they obviously just removed mandates in Queensland from most sectors, but they've kept them for teachers. And they were saying, like, why does it make any sense? Like, the teacher and all the kids could go to a theme park on the weekend and associate together and with a whole massive group of people, and then yet come Monday morning, that teacher still needs to be vaccinated to protect the children. It makes no sense. It is not scientific. Right? Right. It makes no, no sense at all. And then... The other person was like, oh, no, but it should be like that. And, like, look, the teachers should just go and do the right thing. And this whole, like, tagline of do the right thing, well, do the right thing by who? Mm. And this is what scares me a little bit, is that it's not the stuff now that's happening, but the last two years has bred a mentality where you were supposed to put strangers before you and your family every time. Mm. And you're actually seen as a danger if you're not willing to put strangers before you and your family every time, yeah. where does that lead? Yeah. What's the next thing? And we've spoken about it before. I think potentially some of the next things will be climate-related stuff. Oh, what? You're using power? Do you know how much your power... You, like, we've got aircon on in here. Do you know how much that's contributing towards climate change? There's communities that are going to flood because the oceans are rising because of you using the aircon. Turn it off. Is that going to be it? Like, and to me, the logical place that this ends up is the social credit system, just like in China. We've been bred to a point where we're already starting to police ourselves. What, like, what difference is it to bring a, a handy, useful app in to oh, help us? And that police ourselves thing—that is a fact. I've heard from numerous friends of mine in the police force yeah. who said their entire job for the last two years, and this is—I I had some feds. And some state police yeah. said that they now they just sit on a, a, a next door phone, receive phone calls from people ratting on That's other people right. for the most innocuous stuff. Yeah. Innocuous. Uh, the masking of kids. It's disgusting. I think is is like Tasha says it, or she goes, this cohort of students coming through are going to be uh, they're damaged. They're damaged. Look at so look at Melbourne. Melbourne hosted the F1 last week, and I saw all the news stories about it. There's a half a million people in the F1, yeah. not a mask inside. The largest Formula One ever. Yeah. The largest Australian sporting event ever. Yeah. Half a million people at the F1, no masks. Yeah. And yet in Melbourne, still, to like, they're talking about maybe getting rid of it for Term 2. 
kids between the ages of, I think it's like 8 and 12, have to wear masks. Yeah. For some reason, that's supposed to fucking protect Only that people. cohort, yeah. Only that cohort. So think about when you were a kid and how, like, you're looking at adults for cues. Mm. You So I, I'm, I'm inherently aware of this as a parent. Like, I'm at a stage now where Nate's language is starting to come along so well that we say something and he repeats it. And that can have very negative issues too. Mm. I was driving me in the car the other day with Nate in the back, realized I'd forgotten something, said shit. And then Nate's sitting in the back there going, shit, shit. And I just, I didn't even look at him, didn't acknowledge it because I don't want him to know that that's mm. a fun word to say. So that's, that's just a microcosm of what we're doing to these fucking kids. So what do all these kids think? Why do I have to wear a mask and no one else does? Oh, it's because I'm dangerous to everybody mm. else. What's wrong I'm with me? I'm dangerous to granddad and grandma. That's right. Yeah. Voluntary masking of children, like with when children wanting to put it on, I think is it's heartbreaking, man. It's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking because these people are going to be damaged for life. This is their formative years that we have not only taken away from them, but we've demonized them during this period yeah. of time. It's it's gross. Did you man. see all the news about the uh, airports and how they are how they fucked up everything? Yeah, and so <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. Front of house is fine. Security, getting through security, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, some of the cafes were shut. Some of the lines for coffees were extremely long. Mm-hmm. They're not ready for people. No. But where I saw the hole is out on the tarmac. Right. There's no one around on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. And they aren't ready. And then to have Alan Joyce come out and blame the customers, the yeah. Alan Joyce, the boss of Qantas. Yeah. Now, he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. I think he was losing a billion dollars. Qantas was losing a billion dollars a month, and somehow Virgin increased their value. Hmm. I, I, I can't I can't remember what her name is. The the lady that runs Virgin, Killian. Yeah. Joycey comes out and he's like, "All these customers think they can just come in and, because they bought a fucking ticket <laughs> that they're going to get on a on a plane." Like it's it's yeah, it's bonkers, mate. That's crazy. That's but crazy. do you know what's even worse? We live in a society full of Qantas ticket holders who go, oh, fuck, maybe it is my fault. If he's saying it's my fault, what have I done wrong? What can I do? He has. He what got can slammed. I do next time, George? He did come out and say it's nobody's, it's nobody's fault. No, but no, it's your it's fault. Qantas's fault. Yeah. It's your fault and your management team's fault. Yeah, you know because how many you didn't hire enough staff. That's right. You know enough tickets. And like you but sold the tickets first before you had the staff to be able to take that. Mandates. Mandates. There's a lot of people that aren't allowed to work. Yeah, well, if and you, that's a state if you look at the statistics, it's five percent of people. Do you know what the real fucking problem is? They haven't made any money for a long period of time, so they laid off heaps of staff, whether they were vaccinated or not. Now these people don't want to just come back at the click of their finger. Yeah, I did speak to someone during the week who said that their friend used to work as ground crew, and they're getting calls every week saying, "Pick your number." It's like pick a number. Yeah, because they went and got better jobs. That's right. Yeah, pick a number, and and we're in. Because that's the thing, like. When you look around the states, only Queensland has got 10% of people that aren't fully vaccinated. They are up to date. <laughs> Losers. People made decisions. They've moved on. There's been a year now, or six months really, where these people have not been allowed to work in their chosen field of work. Mm. They've made a move. They've gone somewhere yeah. else. They don't need to be vaccinated. They ain't coming back like that. Yeah, Why yeah. would they? Yeah. What, to come back to your fucking dead shit minimum wage job? You're sick. Yeah. Why would they do that after you've treated them that way? Yeah. But also, at the same time, why are you selling so many fucking tickets if you can't handle it? That's what Dasha said. She's like, 
They know how many tickets they sell. Yeah. Like, they know how many people they can fit on a plane. Yeah. You own Auto Bros. Would you sell cars you don't have available to sell? Oh, if I could, yeah. I would. <laughs> I would. I would. And then blame. Like, why'd you buy your car? I don't no, have what, you idiot. Think, you think you just give me money and you're just going to get a car? You like, stupid how customer. Works, you <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, and I do worry that in the last two years, pe- people's psyche has been shifted to putting everyone before yourself. And that leads you right to being abused again for the next thing. Mm. And and again, I do feel a lot of the stuff... Like, look at the moment with inflation issues. So we're being fucking told that the reason why fuel's so expensive and all your fruit and veggies are so expensive is because Putin invaded um, Ukraine. No! <laughs> it's because Biden decided to put sanctions on everything. And it's because we've printed money for the last two yeah. years and created a massive debt. Yeah. And that's why I've got a problem with the government then going and getting us into more debt, using that money for political advertising to get themselves re-elected. I don't care because your dollar is worthless. Yeah. And, we, uh, yeah, we felt that. Um, the pro- oh, Have you noticed that the fuel's dropped? Heaps? Like, I think I paid $1.69. Do you know what a, a factor in that might be? What? There's been one country in the world where a whole stack of people aren't using fuel at the moment. Oh, China. Chickadee China, the Chinese lockdown. Uh, if you guys have been paying attention to China at all, they're going for a zero COVID policy and literally locking people in their houses. That's like your best case scenario if you test positive for COVID. That, that makes me slightly nervous that there is something else there. Like T-virus? Yeah. Could From be. Resident Evil? Yeah. Oh, I knew where you were going. It's one of my favourite franchises. Yeah, I know that you do, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've also been watching uh, Resident Evil speedruns lately. This, this is how um, my life has changed since becoming a parent. I got no fucking time, right? One of my favourite parts of video games is storylines. Yeah. So now instead of me buying a video game, sitting down, going through it and immersing myself, I just watch a speedrunner do it and watch the story in like an hour <laughs> and it's done. Do you know what's funny? I, I've been watching the Halo series. Oh, yeah. And... I can't get into it. Right. But only because I have such an emotional attachment to the game. Okay. Because the storyline is so epic. Yeah. That, and I was, I was explaining to Tasha, I'm like, it, it, this is not immersive. This is a one-way right. exchange. Whereas when I was playing the game, you're yeah. in it and you feel it. You feel like you're part of the story. Whereas yeah. when you're watching it, it's a story that's being told to you. And anyone that's, a, that's not a gamer... I, I, please, go and just have a go at playing a good storyline game. Yeah. And I would say Halo is an epic one if you're in sci-fi, but yeah. do like... Um, the Elder Scrolls games are great no, stories. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You want something with cool cutscenes, like, um, oh, what was the one? Far, like Far Cry. Cry and stuff, yeah. Play, like, Far Cry 5, that storyline, it's like um, radicalised uh, religious groups mm-hmm. that are, like, in the, in the Midwest in America. Yeah. It is hectic. You feel it. You yeah. feel it. You are in it. And yeah. and it is... The, and let's make no mistake, these video games cost more than a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars of production yeah. value. Actors, like real actors, mm-hmm. are in these games now. Yeah. So, it is... Yeah, have a go. Like, like before you before you knock it, mm. have a go. Yeah, but just to get back around to Sorry. the original T-virus point, obviously in China there's some pretty hectic stuff going on at the moment with people being locked up, like massive lockdowns, going for a COVID zero policy, uh, pets being killed. Like, it's pretty hectic. But on the flip side, 
China's got a billion people that live there. For billion, I think it's something like 26 million people are currently on lockdown at the moment in China. All of a sudden, there's a lot of fuel available on the market because 26 million people who are using fuel every day are no longer it's using it. some roundabouts, isn't it? That's one of the reasons why fuel prices have come down. But if you look at our country, so um, my wife, Amanda, she went and did grocery shopping yesterday, just a small shop, and she came home, she's like, I can't believe it, it's about 150 bucks. I, I bought some baby, some of the baby stuff's expensive, nappies, formula, stuff like that. But she's like, I didn't even buy any meat or anything. It was $150. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's inflation. That's yeah. like, so we get told all these bullshit inflation figures. The amount of stuff that you bought yesterday should probably have, a, a year or two, well, probably two years ago, would have cost you $80. It's almost doubled in that yeah. period of time. So what's the American, the American numbers, 8.5% now, was 75 They're now saying 85 Australia's was 3.5. Yeah. I, it's 25 It's to 20 to 25, 30%, I yeah. think. Yeah. It, it's massive. And just, just look at, like like you said, forget all the noise. Block out all the noise. Look at your day-to-day yeah. life. Look at the things that you do week in, week out. How much money are you spending on the things that you've always done before? Is your, is your savings going up or down? Yeah. Right? It's all going down. And the problem is, getting back to my original point, a massive majority of people i believe are okay with it because they feel like well uh, it's just the cost i've got to pay to help ukraine or it's just the price i've got to pay to help whoever like this is just how it is like i'm going to be a good person i'm going to just i'm going to do my part i'm going to pitch in and it's like no if you actually realize the real reasons why these things are happening we could do something about it but we're just being sold that you better be a good person and put everyone else before yourself and if you don't you're a bad person you'll be ostracized and on that note let's leave it there thank you very much for joining us guys we'll see you next RTA